0: Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis.
2: listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week this is the place you go to when you want to vent about whatever it is that you're experiencing out of the ordinary. From ghosts to aliens, shadow people, hat men, near-death experiences, Jesus encounters all of the above. I'm here to listen, give some insight, and share with the audience. Even if you're a researcher and you have certain conclusions or certain things that you'd like to put out there, go to my main website, which is shadowfolks.com or heidihollis.com and put as much detail as you would like in your messages, because I'm telling you, the more that we get, the better that we can understand what's going on, because sometimes people will just put these tiny little paragraphs and it's just a snippet of what's really taking place. And I'm telling you, much like the email that I got today, the more detail we are going to get in this story, it's going to point out why this person has experienced some of the things that they've experienced, you just wait. And in our last two segments, we have a couple of guests that you will be blown away to hear from. We've got Mary Rodwell, who is absolutely phenomenal in her research and her work in the alien abduction area. And we also have Ralph Blumenthal, who has written a spectacular book on Dr. John Mack. And uh, wow, you will not be bored, <laughs> never bored on this show. So I wanna get into something here that I think that you're really going to enjoy. And remember, if you wanna be a guest on this show, that's always open as well. But I do understand a lot of people are very hesitant to hop on a show like this and to spill their guts on what it is they've experienced. So send on over the emails. I'll just read it off like I'm going to do right now. I have received this email from somebody they would just like to be called the letter A. And they say, Dear Heidi, I have experienced shadow people in many events of paranormal since I was very young. I have not shared this until I was well into my teens and could actually trust a friend. I have found in my adult life, there are a chosen few I'll share with, and I totally get it. And she starts. Okay, shadow man. I was probably less than five. I wasn't in school. I had gotten out of bed in the middle of the night. The house was exceptionally quiet, I remember. And I found it a relief. My family consisted of seven people living in a small house. I went into the bathroom and looked toward the door. The doorway was taken up in height and nearly full width, showing of a gray man. I could make out clothes and something like a large sharp tool hanging from his belt. He had heavy looking boots on, all gray and shadowy. The door frame height was about eight feet. I didn't know that then, but my teen brother at the time was six feet tall, and his head was far from the frame of any door in our house. I spoke to him. I asked if he was Daddy. He stayed silent, staring at me. His faceless head was turned, staring at me. I stayed in the corner of the room. I don't remember feeling afraid, but rather just trying to figure out who this was. I knew instinctively not to walk towards the gray man. He vanished, and only darkness was left behind. Shortly after that, I saw lightning streaking intermittently down the hallway towards my parents' room. I just watched. I stayed still. I was fully awake. I can recall the surface my feet were on and feel the coolness of still air around me. My parents came into the bathroom at some time. Both were leaning against the radiator as I told them what I'd seen. Neither of them spoke to me, but my father turned by my mother and said, Should we take her to a psychiatrist? I was very young, but most of my siblings were over a decade or more older than me. I was used to listening to adult conversations. I knew what a psychiatrist meant. But as kids do, I tested my father's remark fully, intending to have him explain to find out why he did not believe me. So I asked, what's a psychiatrist? In my childlike voice and lisp, my father said, Oh, never mind. Yes, I felt empty that I was not believed. And I told them nothing ever again. Okay, I want to stop right here. because watch the patterns. Listen to the story. If that was indeed the hat man who can come as a gray type of figure, that's very intimidating. And the height of this makes me feel suspicious. It could have been. And he does wear things on his hip at times. So I'm suspicious. It's a potential, potential hat man, but not certain. Not certain here. But just listen to these patterns, okay? And you guys... You've been listening to me for a while on here. See where this all leads and why this person in particular has these experiences. And I did read a little bit ahead on this email, which I don't usually do. And I had to cut out some things because it is a rather large email. And I want you guys to get this all fit in. Okay, another time I was playing by myself in our backyard. It was a New England warm day. Must have been June, and I was sitting on soft moss and heard what I call the voice without words. I hear nothing. I hear no words or voice. It's like a message coming to my mind. Quote, Your father will die when you're 37. Get ready. I looked around. No one to tell me. No one else to see. I naively thought, I would be older, and his dying wouldn't hurt as badly as it would for a little girl. At the time, I was about six. Years later, and horribly, my father died from a neurological disease. I was wrong. It hurt beyond what I could express. I was 37. The night before my father died, I was working in the ICU. I suddenly got a message, quote, Call the hospital, he was in another hospital at the time, and leave a message for the staff to give to him. It's your goodbye, end quote. I excused myself from my patient and made a quick call to an administrator at the desk. I asked her to have a staff member to tell my dad that his youngest daughter was calling to say, I love you. It was 12.15 a.m., I went back to work believing and knowing he'd be dead in 12 hours. I was told, no change. I got out of work at 4 a.m., got home about 5 a.m., awakened at 12.15 p.m. My mother was on the phone. My dad had just died. I was 37. The prediction was correct. One is never prepared. One can never get ready. For days after, I kept getting messages from my father. He told me he was safe, comfortable. It's all right. The messages were strong, and then they faded over days. I could feel him leaving. I was not distressed by this. I could sense that he was being guided He died on his mother's birthday. This beloved woman brought him home to those who love him. I never knew her on earth, but always felt a connection. And I still do. Another story. I have awakened, paralyzed. A woman was crying and standing at the end of my bed, quote, help me. Can you help me? I couldn't speak to her, but spoke in my mind. I will help you. I was determined. No one, nothing could keep me from helping her. But how? I was 17. The young woman was dressed in a white gown with beyond shoulder length hair. She lingered at the end of the bed. She calmed and I could feel trust. And then she vanished. A year later, I was working in a financial institution. I worked for a great guy, a father-like mentor. Another young worker and myself were working overtime to get caught up on loan applications and I was sickened when I came across a loan application with a familiar name asking for money to repair a car. It was a lie. A male had impregnated a good friend of mine and threatened he would not help her. She told me this earlier in the week he was going to give her money to help with the little one on the way and a long story short, the guy took off. And that event of the young woman crying at the end of the bed, that was my friend. She had dark hair. She was crying for help. She needed help. She was so ashamed and shamed by others that she and I did not remain friends, which wasn't my choice. I get it. She did not know that I had actually advocated for her. You know, I want to just stop right there before we get to our first break, because listen to this person and the insight that they have and apparent abilities that they have to be able to sense, to be able to see. And these are like happenstance things like these are not like constant everyday things, I'm assuming. And I think a lot of us get these things, but... Sometimes, you know, throughout a whole lifetime, we have those people that will have these repeat <laughs> occasions pop up that are extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. And not not very typical always to have these extraordinary events. And guess what, guys? Those are the people that Hatman looks for. Do you see why? Because they may happen to see what others cannot and warn. All right. You guys are listening to Dark Becomes Light on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast
3: AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and we will be right back. Stick around. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that?
4: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
2: Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit RedCross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS.
1: Are you looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Well, look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at ParanormalDate.com seniors. Enjoy your search and have some fun at ParanormalDate.com.
5: Now within minutes, you can take years off your looks. Instantly Ageless from HealthyLooking.com takes care of those under eye bags, forehead wrinkles, saggy eyebrows, crow's feet, and facial pores. Simply apply this velvety micro cream, and in under two minutes, the years fade away. And it lasts up to nine hours. No needles, no pain, and great for women and men. Here's what people have to say about Instantly Ageless.
1: I've probably noticed in the past
5: five years that
1: my eyes have gained a lot of fine lines, wrinkles, my curls feet have gotten deeper. Wow. I was hoping for five years, but that's like what my eyes looked like ten years ago.
3: That is really cool. Wrinkle gone.
1: <laughs> it's easy. You just put it on your finger and go. Now I wish I had more down here because I can still see one wrinkle It's bugging me.
3: I am a little bit emotional. I, turning
1: 40, I didn't think would be a big deal to me, but but that looks like the me that I feel like inside instead of what um, what I see when I look in the mirror.
5: Try Instantly Ageless today at HealthyLooking.com and prepare to look younger in minutes. Millions of applications have been sold. Order our exclusive starter kit for only $19.99, including shipping, or take advantage of our new discounted price for a full box. Put your best face forward with Instantly Ageless from HealthyLooking.com. Or by phone at 800-604-3129. That's 800-604-3129. Instantly ageless. Not available in stores. From HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com.
2: Back, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Just before the break, I was sharing a very long email that somebody by the name of A would like to share about their paranormal life and how it extends throughout. Now, to continue, she says, My husband was in real estate, and he never asked me to look at houses he was selling, but Unusually, he asked me to accompany him to a home he was selling. Before I got up to the driveway, I told him to stop. I'm not welcomed here. Turn the car around. There is evil here. But he persisted and asked me to come into the home. And I felt like the air was absolutely oppressive. I went room to room trying to get away. I felt strong. I would not allow myself to be harmed, but it is harm for those of us who are sensitive to such things. I went upstairs and i felt that death lives here i was then told of the history of the house so far as he knew a man and a woman bought that home they had worked since very young and they were in their 40s and within a year the wife was diagnosed with terminal cancer and the poor dear died in the downstairs bedroom the widower tried to stay but his loss of his wife made living there unbearable the owner had his brother move in to keep the house occupied and within six months The brother was found by the owner. He had passed away from natural causes. The owner's father then came to live in the home. And yes, he died upstairs. The man was in his 60s of a heart attack. He died. The owner then tried to rent the home. People would stay as little as a week or a couple of months. And the tenants claimed dishes would crash to the floor. They'd be awakened by noises and voices and feeling strange things. The locked doors would open on their own and etc. So the home came on the market. My then husband did not believe all that he was told. He brought our two daughters, 12 and 15, to the house after my warning him to reveal it's haunted for anyone who buys it. The girls were brought in without my knowledge and horrific experiences happened for my daughters. The 12 year old was pushed By an unseen muscle up against the living room wall, my elder daughter could feel herself being followed, an unseen entity attempted to push her on the stairs going to the upper level. And I was so angry. I found a woman who does clearing with a group of people and I tried to pay her to clear it out. The group was being taught by her to have the gifts to clear, plus she told me she was given that gift. so believed to be born with it one does not charge money so she did not the clearing took two days neighbors were notified a group of people would be on the property my then husband requested to get additional history about the house from the neighbors doors were slammed in his face no one would talk about the house in a small neighborhood of four houses the house sold after the clearing Our state requires that hauntings or paranormal activity be revealed in a listing. That's awesome. It was revealed, by the way. Amazed that it sold. Why amazed? Because I went back before the house changed hands. One, to give the inside and outside a piece of my mind to never come near my family again. To see if it was truly cleared of all the nastiness. And there was a clearing. But something remained. It felt territorial. And that would not leave, period. I saw the woman who did the clearing by happenstance, and I was respectful and gentle, and I told her I could feel the house was not entirely cleared. She agreed. She explained it felt ancient, and I agreed. I told her I prayed for the family that lived there. This was 27 years ago. My daughters will speak of their experiences, but reluctantly. And I'm not married to their father anymore. I understand skeptics and even cynics, but never put my children or grandchildren in harm's way just to test the unseen. A few years ago, I had a contractor working my home. I usually stayed but had to go out. It was a sunny day. This guy was sensitive to changes in a home and he left his work undone and hastily scratched a note Your house is haunted and I'm not coming back. <laughs> oh boy. She continues, Heidi, I needed this guy. He was a master at repairing old walls. I called him to see what happened. I don't minimize what anyone tells me that they are afraid. He told me he heard footsteps come across the kitchen floor, through the living room, into the hallway, and halfway up the stairs. He came out of the room he was working in to see if it was me, and he called me by name. Nothing. Minutes later, the footsteps continued up the stairs, and that's when he threw his tools down and ran out. I believed him. Footsteps were not uncommon and I stopped checking quite some time ago because it usually was at night and I knew this house was locked up. I just thought it was residual left over from 200 plus years. The contractor did come back with the promise I would not leave the house while he worked. I live in a house built in the late 1700s. I could feel a presence, and there are things that would go bump in the night. I made it clear I would not engage, but my three-year-old grandson looked up at the second landing and said, I don't like that black dog. My response, I don't see the black dog, sweetie, but I believe you, and I will take care of it. You are safe. That's awesome. Later, I went upstairs and took photos of a room that we had just discovered. I also brought blessed salt given to me by an elder Catholic nun who believed in me. She had given it to me years before for protection. I sprinkled the salt around the edges of the room and windows. The photo showed orbs of many sizes flying out of there. I told whatever it was, there needed to be a return to the Holy Father to go to heaven, Be with those you miss and whatever else, just get there. Get out. You are not welcome or wanted. Leave me and my family alone. Never be present to my grandson or my innocent child or person here. Go back where you traveled from. You don't deserve the recognition of the word. Things no longer crash or fall upstairs while I'm in the downstairs bedroom. I'm glad not to be awakened. Anyone hearing me might have thought I was out of my mind. I don't feel afraid, just wanted it out. I also know I'm not guaranteed, but I'll continue to be aware of what can be. And Heidi, there is still something up there. I could feel it following me, maybe a kid ghost or a pest. It happens in the small hallway. I just tell it, leave me alone, too. I'm tired of this nonsense, and then I go to bed. (laughs) So... Here you are. My adult daughters tell me a grandchild is like you, mom. I just want him to be able to speak freely, not feel abnormal and be respected. That's all I ask and hope for. For those who might want to know, I've always had a belief in God, the blessed mother Jesus and saints. I do not expect others to embrace what I believe. I have had the privilege of being exposed to many religions in my career. I've seen the belief in beneficial power make people well or ease their situation and thanks for speaking forthrightly for so many who have been made to feel they are sick and forced into therapy and worse toxicity is just not being believed and isolated you've probably saved many souls out there heidi i believe you have the torture and loneliness of being silent can be unbearable for many I heard you speak of a person being suicidal at age five on one of your shows. I believe invalidation of a tender soul is so destructive. It never leaves the memory. Thank you. A. Wow. Powerful. And yes, I have had, oh gosh, I've had a three-year-old be encouraged to kill themselves by Hatman. a three-year-old. I mean, what are we dealing with here? But in looking at a life, like this one, like this story here. Do you see why Hatman might be keeping an eye on somebody like that? She's experienced a lot. And I'm sure there's a lot more that she didn't share here. But we never know the full story until we take the time and we listen to somebody like A here. That's what she wants to be referred to as. So, um, you know, I got to tell you guys. Reality is a lot stranger than fiction honestly, and always. Now remember, go to shadowfolks.com or heidihollis.com If you or someone you know has experienced something out of the ordinary, or if you just have questions, comments, or want to share your research, send it on over through that website. And uh, you are also welcome to be a guest. Speaking of guests, I'm going to introduce my two guests coming up right after the break. We have Mary Rodwell, who is recognized internationally as one of Australia's leading researchers of encounters with non-human intelligence. She has lectured in North America, Europe, Scandinavia, and Asia, and Mary's research explores the encounter phenomena from a multi-dimensional consciousness perspective. She has worked with families and children. She is also the founder and principal of the Australian Close Encounter Resource Network, or ACERN, and she's the co founder and director of the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters, or FREE. She's also a former nurse, midwife, counselor, hypnotherapist, and Reiki master. She's an international speaker, researcher, and author of The Awakening How Extraterrestrial Contact Can Transform Your Life and The New Human, among other books. Then there's our second guest, who is Ralph Blumenthal. He is a distinguished lecturer at Baruch College of the City University of New York and summer journalism instructor at Phillips Exeter Academy. He was an award-winning reporter for The New York Times from 1964 to 2009 and has written seven books on organized crime and cultural history. He led the Times Metro team that won the Pulitzer Prize for breaking news coverage of the 1993 truck bombing of the World Trade Center. Blumenthal's latest book is called The Believer, which is the weird and chilling true story of Dr. John Mack. This Harvard psychiatrist and Pulitzer Prize winning biographer risked his career to investigate the phenomenon of human encounters with aliens and to give credibility to the tales shared by people who were utterly convinced that they had happened. Whew, I'm telling you, today's show is going to be a double header. You are really going to enjoy the conversations that we're going to present here today. And uh, hopefully it gives an inner perspective of the processes and the different ends of the world of people who look into these topics from australia to harvard to the new york times it's very important that we get a well-rounded idea all right well we're going to get to our next break you are listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iheart radio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network we'll be right back stick around
6: if you feel stressed suffer from fatigue moodier than usual or would like to fall asleep easier and sleep more soundly while losing weight do we have something for you accelerate and elevate i take elevate performance supplement in the morning for energy and laser focus for work then before bed i take accelerate weight management and sleep combo and indeed i now sleep soundly through the night. plus i'm losing weight it's amazing
5: i've maybe gotten four to five hours of sleep max a night i'm sleep between six and seven, I wake up to use the bathroom, but I go right back to sleep, which has never happened before, which is pretty awesome.
0: I noticed a higher level of happiness. I also noticed that I wasn't taking naps. I had more energy. I was more in the moment with my kids. Like we were laughing more. We were more excited. Every single person needs to feel this. I lost 10 pounds
1: and five and a half inches off my waist, and I'm so proud of myself. It gives you energy, it helps you sleep better. It just works. I stand by it
4: 100%. I was on a handful of medications to help me sleep, to help me be happy. Tons of therapy. When I'm ready to go to sleep, I'm getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night. I've lost some pounds, um, inches mainly. My family has me back.
6: Try Accelerate and Elevate. Discounted for listeners to the show. Plus further discounts with the George Power Pack, including a free gift. Learn more and order now at our website, EnergyFocusSleep.com. That's EnergyFocusSleep.com or eight hundred three nine four ninety nine thirty. 394 9930 So jump on the path now to all day energy, better sleep, and weight loss with Accelerate and Elevate. Energy Focus Sleep dot com. Focus Sleep dot com or eight hundred-three nine four ninety-nine thirty.
0: Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act. Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. We are happy
1: to announce that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached over 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows for free. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. CoastToCoastAM.com is where you want to be.
2: You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And as promised, I have a fabulous guest. We have Mary Rodwell. So how are you doing, Mary? I'm doing well, Heidi. Lovely to speak with you. Yeah, same here. Oh My goodness. So you're down under and uh, I am very jealous because I love Australia. Um, I just have to say that because I used to live there. But uh, <laughs> one day I'll get back there. Um, <laughs> so your work is so fascinating and so uh, multifaceted in the world of uh, alienation Encounters, UFO encounters. Can you tell us a little bit about your background?
7: Well, I'm. Uh, I was a nurse and a midwife many years ago, and but I moved into counselling, and that really has been my focus ever since. Um, when I started counselling, I worked in a medical practice with all sorts of issues that came up, um, including people who'd had you know experiences which we call multidimensional, where they would. Be aware of maybe granddad or dad coming to them and speaking to them. But I I found that what that did was show me there was far more to our physical reality than what we're taught in modern psychology. So the the bottom line is that that led me into looking at everything to do with the multidimensional And ultimately, somebody coming to me about twenty five years ago now and said to me, Mary. Um, there's no support groups for this. For this, that they, they just think you're a loony. They just think you're crazy, and told me about his experiences on board spacecraft, how we would wake up with marks on his body, this kind of thing. And ultimately, what that's really taken my specialist area from, just a, um, a healing spiritual perspective, into one where it's all of that, but it's also taking in the fact that we communicate and have interaction with non-human intelligences.
2: Wow, that's fascinating. It's kind of of been a, a, a wild ride, hasn't it? In trying to interpret all the different levels of understandings that come with what people think, oh, there's a craft in the sky, but there's this whole other manifestation going on that are you finding it hard to bridge the two when you try to explain it to the public?
7: It's a, a good question. Um, I, I, I know that people can relate to maybe anomalous objects in the sky. And that's been very useful because now more and more people are taking footage that, you know, don't necessarily believe in you know, we're being visited. But just seeing these strange things in the sky and videotaping them or whatever. Um, so that's been a very, you know, seeings believing what I, I would like to say is that there are a lot of people that come to me and I've worked with over three and a half thousand families and children. And what is the um, the hardest thing for them is to explain this to their families, that they've had experiences like this, because we still have a model of psychology that says unless you can, you know, your five senses can prove it to you. It isn't real. Whereas this is, you know, seeing that the craft is one thing and no, it's quite another to have experiences with those beings on the craft. And that has been the, the jump that is that most people struggle with unless you're having an experience. What I say, it's not about belief. This is about what they see and what they experience and that's what makes it real.
2: Yeah. Hey, one of those types now, I know I witnessed this uh, with people who are being hypnotically regressed, uh, say, and uh, They're talking about their experiences and what it is that they're seeing when all of a sudden it's almost like they swap places and the being is speaking from their perspective on what's happening. Have you had much experience along those lines?
7: Oh, absolutely. The the interesting thing with hypnosis is that when you take somebody into that altered state, everything is recorded by the subconscious. So even though your conscious mind may edit it out because it doesn't want to believe it the subconscious doesn't have any problem with everything you experience so it it is a accurate record of anything that happens on the craft and what can happen when you take somebody into that place where they're exploring what was it that that you know why am I on this table what are you doing this kind of thing they can actually have a dialogue with the beings on the craft in that, that space So this is something that helps them get a real understanding of what's actually happening and their connection to these beings. Because many of those, even not necessarily through trance, will have conscious memory of uh, communication and interactions on the craft, particularly the children. Um, The children, um, uh, they're less programmed into denial so that they will actually tell you consciously that they know they've been up on a spacecraft, meeting different beings, their special friends, what they learn on the craft, um, the abilities they have. And they'll go into quite complex detail. So this is why, you know, I wrote The New Human, was because about the children, you know, they um, are, are, if you like, not yet afraid to say, And and speak about their experiences. And this is really very, very important that we start listening to what the children have to say.
2: Oh, I would say so because they're, they're, they're brutally honest first off. (laughs) So, um, wow. So some of these interactions that, uh, that you see from that, that standpoint where people are having these, these conversations with these beings, does it
7: sometimes resemble channeling? Oh, I think channeling is part of that. What we've discovered with you know, the research I've done, I've done as a co-founder of the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Free Foundation, what we, we discovered was with the 4,200 people we um, surveyed with about 600 questions was, and their conscious recall, many of them um, exhibit multidimensional abilities such as clairvoyance, clairaudience, the channeling, um, downloads of information, producing strange Scripts, stage, you know, writing, if you like, as well, symbols, um, bringing in what we call light language or star language, um, channeling music from these beings as well, as well as information. These are all very tangible evidence that something very real is going on with their communication with these beings, and it isn't just necessarily seeing UFOs. They may have had a near-death experience, or a shamanic experience, or a healing experience, or um, having out-of-body experiences. All of these seem to be a catalyst for communication in those other realms and dimensions we call the multidimensional.
2: Yeah, wow, that's uh It's it's so it, it, you think that uh, you get a good grasp on on this whole field, and it just it just goes deeper and deeper and. I recall sitting in so many uh, meetings with people that would have these traumatic events with some of these beings, and they were very angry with some of them. And then there were other beings that it was a whole other type of uh, experience that they were reporting on. So do you feel that sometimes when people are having a contact experience versus an abduction experience that there may be two different factions of aliens interacting with them?
7: Well, it's a good question, but there's two things to take into account. Often those that have had um, experiences may start out with fear anyway because they don't know what's happening. They don't understand. They're taken um, not understanding why this particular intelligence is picking them up, etc., etc. But that can change as they begin to understand what's going on and why and their connection to these they call it, you know, their star family or whatever, that whole understanding changes to a point where they would not change, their, um, change the situation at all. In fact, they miss them when they don't have the interaction. And we've noticed with a percentage, 85% ultimately had a psycho-spiritual transformation. But there are some self-serving Intelligent is certainly not as many as the benevolent ones, but some of those also seem to be working with what we call our, our military, the deep state, and these ones are often very negative and very fearful, and this is because they are, um, as they are abducted by these agencies, and, and a lot of people struggle to know this. That they have the technology to abduct people and they interrogate them because they want to know what the ETs are up to or what these intelligences are up to. And so they're interrogated, often drugged and brutalized. And they are very much in fear of both the, that experience and the, the possibility that they are um, these um, less, uh, I would call, self, the self-serving Um, creatures or, or beings that seem to be aligned to the military. So it's very complex and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two.
2: Right, I I like that. That uh, self-serving—that's a great title for them because, you know, I've been trying to put out word like there is a conflict in alien contact going on out there. It's not what you think, and if you see somebody with a clipboard standing next to an alien being, those are not the good guys. (laughs) You know, Uh, wow, it's it's so uh, it's just so confusing, and ultimately, it feels that it's up to the public. Wouldn't you say that? Uh, is, is finding the answers versus relying on our governments? To be honest, like this UFO report coming.
7: Well, I chuckle when I hear about you know that they, what they're saying about yes, they um, seem strange. We don't quite know what they are. You know they're doing all these strange things. We don't think you know they're the Chinese or the the, the Russian or whatever. I chuckle because I know full well they know exactly. What they are, um, and they've known for about seventy or eighty years, and they certainly know they're not from here. So, um, in that sense, it's it's all a little bit of theatre to start desensitizing, I think, the the, the humanity to this reality. I think this is what they're doing and they're drip-feeding them. I believe, personally, the real disclosure will come from the hundreds of thousands, very likely millions or even billions, that are having experiences that have never been able to talk about it and are now starting to come out space closet, as I call it. And are starting to share their experiences. And there are a lot of really credible individuals from lawyers, doctors, nurses, um, you know, celebrities, politicians, right across the board, all cultures that are having these experiences. This is not rare. This is actually a lot more commonplace than people realize because right. I believe these intelligences are literally working with human consciousness. <laughs>
2: I would say that for sure. Well, Mary Rodwell, I want to thank you so much for joining me here for this short snippet of all that you do. There's so much I want to say with you. And we'll continue this, though, too. So uh, how can people check out your information?
7: On my website at or maryroddle.com.au. But also just go and Google me. You'll find all the information you need to contact me if you so desire. I'm also on Facebook. Perfect.
2: You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal
3: Podcast Network. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty.
4: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
8: Dr. Nathan Newman, doctor to top athletes and celebrities, plus creator of stem cell-based Luminesse, is proud to announce a much lower price on his products so more can enjoy a more youthful look. Lumines is great for women and men on those fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, plus great on the neck, forehead, and hands. Dr. Newman. What causes the skin to break down with age?
9: Changes that we start to look on our skin starts actually in our 20s where we get sun damage and the effects of pollution and our environment start to cause our skin to age and we start to break down the collagen, the elastin and we get glycation which is the sugar that we eat gets stuck within the collagen fibers and makes our skin inflexible. The luminous skincare line does two things. One, it has a reparative effect. So it makes the skin look and feel much better, softer, supple, and more young and smooth. But it also is preventative. So it prevents the skin from the breakdown and the damage that we get from the sun and from the environment and from sugars that we have in our body.
8: Thank you, Dr. Newman. For several years, we have offered Luminous products and decided a price reduction was in order, so more can enjoy the amazing benefits of Dr. Newman's stem cell-based Luminous. Shop now at HealthyLooking.com or call toll-free 800-604-3129. If you would like to try Luminous, how about our starter kit postage paid for $19.99? See the full line of products from Luminous plus our starter kit offer at HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com or call 800-604-3129. Luminesce from HealthyLooking.com.
1: Now back to Heidi and Dark Becomes Light on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
2: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And as promised, we have a second wonderful guest joining us today. We have Ralph Blumenthal. Ralph, how are you doing today? Great, Heidi. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. I am absolutely thrilled to have you be part of my show. So thank you for making the time. And I'm intrigued by your latest book, The Believer. Can can you tell us a little bit about that?
9: Sure. It's the story of John Mack, who many of uh, our listeners probably are familiar with, at least in in general outline. Uh, He was a Harvard psychiatrist, very esteemed member of the faculty. Um, He had written a uh, Pulitzer Prize winning biography of T.E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, other books on nightmares and childhood development. And through a series of steps I outline in my book, um, he got interested in the whole issue of uh, uh, human beings who recall or believe they recall uh, encounters with alien beings. So at great jeopardy to his uh, distinguished career at at Harvard, um, he he investigated this. He uh, surrounded himself with a circle of so-called experiencers, studied their stories, um, and in the end, uh, gave some credibility to what had happened to them. Not that he ever understood what it was, or that he solved the mystery of of what actually happened, because it wasn't happening, obviously, in our reality. Um, But something very mysterious uh, had happened, and uh, he illuminated that uh, at great risk to his profession. Yeah, he sure did. He really was a pioneer of sorts. And
2: to put his name and his reputation on the line, like you said, it's just it's amazing. And uh, so you're the hard science behind the believer and and what John Mack did. How much of an impact do you think that made as a whole
9: to this whole phenomena? And the that's a good question. Uh, I did put that in the subtitle of my book because I, I you have to deal with the science of it. And, uh, and he did, I mean, he spent uh, in his first book, he did uh, sort of outlining in great detail, 13 case studies of people who had these experiences. Um, he tried every which way to explain them. Um, and one by one, he ruled out uh, all the obvious explanations. They were mentally ill. They were looking for publicity. Um, uh, they had a nightmare. And he explained very carefully why none of those explanations were adequate. Um, and uh, in the end, uh, he said uh, he couldn't explain. It. There, were, there was no explanation that he could understand, um, but that he knew what it wasn't, which was all these other things that, you know, the so-called skeptics and debunkers latch onto instantly. Oh, they're having a nightmare. Well, a lot of these experiences don't happen at night. They happen in broad daylight when people are driving a car or, um, um, you know, they're they're remembering a movie they saw. Well, some of these experiences were two and three years old, kids, so they they were not reciting books they had read. Um, some of them had scars afterwards that they couldn't remember getting. Uh, so there's a whole series of things that made him uh, believe or helped him, um, you know, conclude that something was going on that was very different from anything we could we could really recognize. Indeed. Now. You personally, what got you involved to even look
2: in this direction for this kind of topic?
9: Well, you know, I grew up after the war and I was very interested in science fiction growing up. Uh, so I read, you know, Ray Bradbury and Isaac Asimov and some stories about voyages to the moon and Mars, very exotic. But then I kind of uh, outgrew that and went on with my journalistic career, 45 years of the New York Times investigating the mafia and, you know, politicians and corruption and Nazi war criminals, all kinds of earthbound things. And, uh, and then I was the correspondent, the New York Times correspondent in Texas. And one day I picked up a used copy of one of John Mack's books, his second book, Passport to the Cosmos. And um, uh, I was uh, you know, blown away that he was a Harvard psychiatrist who you know, was interested in aliens and alien encounters. So I decided I was going to give him a call, you know, interview him, uh, make a story for The New York Times. I, I didn't realize how famous he already was. Um, he'd been written up in The Times. He'd been on Oprah and written all these books. Um, and then I pick up the paper and I find out he's, he's dead. He was run down in London by a drunk driver. He was looking the wrong way, which, you know, we Yanks do, uh, in England. And, um, so I couldn't interview him anymore, but I contacted the family and I got access to his, um, archives. I spent the next 16 years studying his, uh, you know, his, his work. And, uh, I, I got, uh, you know, wonderful material, his, um, uh, his own therapy sessions, because he had he had some issues of his own that he was working through with his with his uh, mother, and um, uh, but you know there was no question of him being of, of sane mind. It was just uh, sort of interesting perspectives it threw on his work, um, and and that's what got me interested, and in I got hooked the way he got hooked.
2: I love it. Yeah, it it, it was really tragic, uh, major loss. Uh, the way that that he was, uh, yeah, run down. You know, with this UFO report that's coming out um, that we're all anticipating. You know, there's so much to, that we're hoping to have happen when this UFO report comes out, and you know, like you're saying, you know, it's like we're we're sane minds. A lot of us that are involved in these these topics, but this may really help change the whole momentum of the, the field. I mean, how do you foresee what's going to happen when this lands?
9: Well, um, it it is a, a great step forward that the government has changed its, its posture for many, many, many decades. It denied the phenomenon. Uh, it actually, uh, you know, it, it added to the ridicule of people who reported these experiences. Um, it, it put out disinformation at times. Uh, um, And now, um, because of the uh, encounters that the Navy has had starting in in 2004, particularly in 2004 on the West Coast, and then later on the East Coast, um, it is now acknowledging that there really is a phenomenon there that they don't understand, that these things are physical. Um, And they've been caught on radar, they've been caught on thermal imaging devices seen by pilots, the most highly trained observers we have in in this country, um, so um, uh, that, that's a big breakthrough by itself. That the government is now saying these things are real. We don't know what they are, we don't know where they come from, what intelligence, if any, is operating them, why they're here, but at least they're real. They're not, you know, fly specks on the windshield, as has been said, or swamp gas, or uh, you know, delusions. Um, so that's that's progress now. Will the government uh, really uh, open its its archives uh, completely? I doubt it. Um, uh, you know, we, we at the end of the day, we probably won't know too much more than we know now uh, about how much information the government has collected. They're not going to open everything, um, but it, it is progress, and there's still a long way to go. But it's a step in the right direction.
2: Indeed it is. It is exciting and then it's worrisome because I have this thing in the back of my throat that's like, I don't think they're going to release this out of the kindness of their hearts after all these years of making so many people feel ashamed for even speaking of such a thing.
9: Yeah, well, one thing we know, uh, um, Heidi, that will not be a part of this report, they will not go into alien you know, theories and encounters because their whole um, position so far is that um, we're not, ask, we're not uh, speculating on, you know, things we really have no information about, which is, you know, what kind of intelligence, if any, is behind these objects. So at the most, what they'll do is um, reveal more of the encounters, what um, information has been collected, what are the aerodynamics of these objects, which are so astounding, their acceleration, their ability to appear and disappear and apparently operate underwater which is a really amazing thing because, uh, uh, you know, operating in the skies is one thing, but if they can operate underwater, uh, that's totally, you know, uh, astounding. Um, But they will not go into speculation as to, you know, what intelligence there is, where they come from, why they're here. Those things will have to wait. Yeah,
2: they'll just give credit to Russia or China or whomever else being responsible for it. That seems to be the direction, if any, that they'll go in. Well,
9: you know, I mean, uh, uh, we have we at the time New York Times have asked a lot of our sources about possible, uh, you know, earthly explanations. And the first first thing, uh, you know, we we are told is that these are not. American technology, uh, secret—you know—American breakthroughs that were hiding from the world. We we can we can't, cannot duplicate these aerodynamics. And almost certainly neither can the Russians or the Chinese or any other earthly power. Uh, it turns out that they are as mystified by by these things as we are. When you know when we pick up intelligence intercepts about encounters that they've had other countries. Um, so everybody on Earth is sort of equally <laughs> mystified. Um, so uh, I don't think they're going to be sticking it on other countries. I think um, they're going to be trying to figure out um, you know wh- what. Wh- how advanced this technology is. Um, and, uh, and hopefully, we are working on uh, how, to, how to duplicate, how to reverse engineer it to figure out what it would take to, to, to du- duplicate some of this technology the, the energy and the acceleration, the invisibility, et cetera.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, Ralph Blumenthal, I want to thank you so much for coming on. How can people get a hold of your book and uh, learn more about what it is you're up to these days?
9: Um, OK, well, The Believer is uh, widely available in bookstores. I love to plug uh, independent bookstores because they need you know, the business these days. Um, Amazon certainly has it. Uh, Kindle has it. It's available instantly uh, for download so you can you know, have it right on your device. Um, there will be an audio book in July, July 13th, so you can listen in your car or if you have problems with your eyesight. Um, so there are many ways to get it. Uh, all the information is on my website, uh, ralphblumenthal.com, R-A-L-P-H-B-L-U-M-E-N-T-H-A-L.com. Um, and it tells a little bit about me and where my, my other books and, uh, and this book, The Believer. Uh, The story of John Mack.
2: Great. Thank you so much, Ralph Blumenthal. This was a great, great time. I appreciate you coming on. Heidi, thank you. Love it. Bye-bye. Great. Remember, go to shadowfolks.com or HeidiHollis.com and send in your emails about what you're experiencing out there. You have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.